Imagine studying a world so small that you can't even see it with an ordinary microscope. A world where every little molecule and atom can make a huge difference. A world where robots, electronics, sensors, and other devices can be hundreds of times smaller than the width of a single hair. This is the world of nanoengineering, where science and technology happen at extremely tiny dimensions. This is the UC San Diego Jacobs School of Engineering podcast. I'm Lizelle Labios. In this episode, I'll be talking to Chava Engel and Jeannie Lee Master, two UC San Diego graduate students who are putting the spotlight on nanoengineering and its real-world applications. Chava and Jeannie are the masterminds behind Nano Expo, a new event that showcases nanoengineering research by UC San Diego graduate students. Chava and Jeannie, welcome, and please introduce yourselves. My name is Chava Engel. I'm a third-year PhD student in the nanoengineering department in Yichensa. My name is Jeannie Lee Master, and I'm a second-year PhD student in Dr. Jesse Joker's lab. How did you two come up with the idea for Nano Expo? And what sets Nano Expo apart from the Jacobs School's annual research expo? Chava, how about we start with you? We really wanted to do something that was similar to the Jacobs Expo, but really for our department alone, because there are a lot of people that don't really get what Nano encompasses. Every time I tell someone I'm a nano engineer, they ask me if I'm going to make little micro robots that take over the world. And that is the number one question that I get. So we really wanted to do something that truly explains what nano is. And Jeannie, how about you? Um, I attended the Jacobs Re- Research Expo last year, and I really enjoyed it. And one of the top questions that I got from talking to industry partners was, uh, so what's nanoengineering? <laughs> and um, while we're represented at the Jacobs Research Expo, I, I thought it would be really good for our department if we had something that was solely focused on nanoengineering so we could take the time to explain to people um, what is nanoengineering, what do nanoengineers do, what can our students offer to industry partners, um, what exciting projects do we have coming up, um, and just some ideas that people have and hopefully get a lot of feedback between industry and our research here so we could really apply some of these things to the real world. We really want to showcase our department because our department is still pretty young. It's only been around for about 10 years, um, and we've had so many amazing technologies that come out of, of our department, and we really want our students to feel comfortable showcasing them, and we want industry to really understand what we can offer them. So it's really a meeting between what the students can present and what industry can take away. So the focus for this exposition is an industry focus. All of our students have to be able to link their research to potential industry applications to show that what we do is relevant and it's not scary and there's just so much possibility. Yeah, I think it'll just be a great opportunity for people to really network with these industry partners, um, to show off what they're working on, what they're excited about, and then also to learn about the industries themselves. So what are, are the industries considering any nanotechnology? Do they have any projects in their pipeline? Are they afraid of nanotechnology? Hopefully we could quell some of those fears. Um, and I think using this as the first year um, that we're hosting this Nano Expo, hopefully we could continue to build on it year after year. In your words, tell us, what is nanoengineering? Um, well, it's, it's engineering on the nanoscale. So nano, which is 10 to the negative 9, so it's very, very small. So if you think on the order of, for example, cells, like cells in your body you can see in a normal optical microscope, those are about 10 to 20 microns. Mm-hmm. 
So you're going even smaller than that. So micron is 10 to the negative 6. So you're going three orders of magnitude smaller than cells. So these are, these are small uh, particles or small, it's, it's small. Yeah, I think um, one of the most exciting things that Hava mentioned is that uh, these nanoparticles interact on a cellular level. So that brings a whole new um, array of opportunities to the entire biology field, the medical field. Instead of kind of now most surgery um, is performed, you know, still with a scalpel and kind of on this broad level. But if we can do that at a cellular level, um, if we could treat tumors at a cellular level, if we could image tumors at a cellular level, that really gives us a lot of new opportunities um, in the nano field. It's really hard to find a good comparison because this isn't stuff you can really see in a normal microscope. A lot of what, at least in microscopy these days, is trying to find ways to, ways to image smaller and smaller and smaller. And for some of the stuff that we do, you really, really need these high-resolution microscopy to see what's going on. Um, stuff like atomic force microscopy, uh, transmission electron microscopy, where you can get images of things that are only a few nanometers thick. They're they're small. It's just, it's hard to explain when something is that small, you know? Earlier you mentioned that people may think of nanoengineering as something scary. Why is that so? It's not well understood, that's the thing. As I said, when you tell someone you're a nanoengineering, or a nanoengineer, they ask about the gray goo, or they ask about tiny little nanorobots taking over the world. But what we really want them to understand is this is a very diverse field. There's a lot of different um, applications for nanoengineering, and there's a lot of potential for those applications. So we want people to understand that it's not just making little nanorobots. It's making little nanorobots that can deliver drugs. It's making more efficient batteries and lowering the cost of your energy bill. You know, there's we want them to understand that there are real-world applications for a field that up until 10, 20 years ago, you really only heard of it as something in Star Trek, you know? But it's real, and it's really applicable to everyone. I love the Star Trek <laughs> reference. Nanites! <laughs> so they're coming. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's exactly put very well. Um, I think there's still some stigma that maybe nanoparticles, there are these unnatural things. That's not true. Nanoparticles have actually been around um, in small dust particulates. Um, what's new about nano is that we have now the ability to control that, so we could control the size. Um, there's a lot of nanoparticles that are size-tunable, so based on one of the dimensions, if it's longer, um, its size impacts its function as well. Um, we can make all sorts of shapes now with nanoparticles. Um, so, I mean, it's not to say that these small particles haven't ever existed before, because they certainly have. It's just now we're able to tune their size, tune their shape, characterize what they look like, um, and now make them the same way each time so we have consistent performance through these. So Jeannie, do you use nanoparticles in your research? Yeah, I'm working on a project to improve imaging for cancers. So a lot of times, there's some cancers right now that are fairly easy, easier to treat. So skin cancer, it's on the surface of your skin typically. Um, you can typically see it, so you basically take a scalpel. This is simplifying it, obviously, but you take a scalpel, you cut it out, um, you get the entire tumor, and 
skin cancer has a pretty high rate of recovery. There's a lot of other cancers that unfortunately still have um, pretty dire statistics, so ovarian cancer, prostate cancer, even some heart conditions. Um, when these tumors or cancers are deeper inside of you, um, one, they're hard to see, so unless you cut somebody open, you, you're not really sure about the size. Um, current techniques are very expensive, so MRI is very expensive. Um, there's limited time data with it as well, so I'm working to improve imaging so it's more affordable, faster, more effective so we could image all of these deeper cancers and diseases. And as a nanoengineer, how is your approach to improve cancer imaging different from other methods? So we use nanoparticles as contrast agents, so we inject, right now we're doing a lot of animal studies, so on mice and things like that, so we inject these um, specifically engineered nanoparticles that have these properties that allow us to see deeper regions um, in real time, so we can see where a tumor is, and we could see it before tumor treatment or after tumor treatment, and then we can even design nanoparticles to treat the tumor itself, and know that we're getting the nanoparticles to the tumor um, and then we can show that we've treated the tumor afterwards and it's shrunk in size. Cool. Hava, tell us about your research. I use DNA as a material to build stuff. So I don't use DNA as a source of genetic information. I take DNA, I design the sequences, and I build different 3D shapes and structures for drug delivery. And you can make nanorobots out of DNA. So you can make DNA... Uh, shapes and uh, constructs that are responsive to pH, that are responsive to proteins in the solution. So you can make basically little nanorobots out of just DNA. DNA nanorobots for drug delivery? Whoa, how does that work? Well, so there's a very famous paper, and I think, I feel like it came out maybe in 2010, but this lab created a nanorobot out of DNA um, that can encapsulate a therapeutic payload and it's locked with two keys. And the keys are made out of DNA. Now, it'll only open if both uh, keys have the right um, protein there, which is called, the, a sequence that interacts with a protein is called an aptomer. And these sequences um, will basically preferentially bind these proteins and you can have them open up and release that payload only when you have the right keys there. So you can assure that you're only delivering in the place where you want to deliver which is a huge thing for drug delivery, which is why nano is great, because you can target where you're doing your delivery so you don't have um, more systemic effect. So you can uh, lower the dosage that you're putting into a person. So it sounds like one of the big goals of nanoengineering is targeted drug delivery. Why is that so important? If you can basically just give a therapeutic dosage and only send it to the place that needs to be treated, it's going to be more effective. And that's a huge thing for nano-based uh, drug delivery, is this idea that we can target where it's going and we can make sure that we're only treating the regions that we want to treat. Um, and part of the goal of my research is really doing these payloads and delivering them where we want to deliver them. And building on that, a lot of current chemotherapy, um, people have a lot of side effects from that, right? You lose your hair, you don't feel so great, you're tired, there's a lot of nausea. Um, one of the reasons why you lose your hair is because chemotherapy targets all rapidly dividing cells in your body, which happens to be your hair on your head. Um, so, like you said, if we can just target wherever your tumor is or wherever your lesion is, that brings us whole new capabilities to treating cancer. So you won't have these terrible side effects that last for months or even longer. Um, you'll just have it localized maybe to one region, um, and, and then the rest of your body should be functioning normally. And is this approach something that's uniquely nanoengineering? 
Yeah, so this is something that's unique um, to nanoengineering, and especially the biology side of nanoengineering, is that these nanoparticles interact on a cellular basis. So tumors are made up of cancer cells, right? So if we could kill those cancer cells and only those cancer cells, not the rest of your cells in the body, um, it's a huge opportunity with nanotechnology. And with nanoengineering, we have so many different ways we can target cells. And um, for example, uh, one of my really good friends works on nanomotors. So these nanomotors can be driven through uh, ultrasound propulsion, through chemical propulsion, through magnetic propulsion. And eventually you could put these nanomotors in vivo and just drive the cargo to the tumor. So tell us some other ways that nanoengineering can transform our world. Um, well, as we said, the, the properties of materials on the nanoscale are so unique that the ways they can be applied to helping humanity are practically uh, limitless. We have so many incredible uh, advances coming out in energy, in drug delivery, in uh, materials research. You know, we have people who are working on materials engineering for, you know, airplanes. We have people who are working on solar cells, and it's just, it's incredible. The, so many different ways that nanoengineering can be applied is, it's insane. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to hit every facet of our lives. I think from renewable energy, um, new sources, more efficient sources of energy. Um, I think, of course, we've talked a lot about the biology side, um, so improving human health, improving longevity, improving quality of life, um, as well as kind of improving everyday things. So coatings on materials, um, things that clothes that dry faster, clothes that are antibacterial resistant, um, coatings on different surfaces, whether it be a jet craft or your car. Um, it's really exciting, I think, all the opportunities that nano has and all the advantages that nano has over traditional materials that are at the macro scale. As the leaders of the first Nano Expo, what are your hopes for the future of this event at UC San Diego? I really, I really want it to grow. I want it to be something that in five years, when I'm working in industry, I get an invitation to, and I want it to be something that I can show up to and just be amazed at what our department is producing. But maybe in the future, we could open this up to other universities and make it like an official nano expo slash conference type thing. Yeah, we're excited to share nanotechnology with everybody. That was Chava Engel and Jeannie Leemaster discussing nanoengineering and nano expo, which made its debut in February this year. I had the chance to speak with some graduate students at Nano Expo and learn about their projects. Here are some clips from the event. I'm Tim O'Connor. I'm a fifth-year PhD student in Darren Lapomi's lab. We work on stretchable and wearable electronics. The, the one that I have today here is a smart glove that can decode uh, American Sign Language and send it wirelessly to a cell phone screen. This is a, a human-machine interface. In this way, it's like, uh, in the application it's being used in now, it's like gesture recognition. So one could send commands to, to our technology just using our hand gestures. Uh, the real focus that I'm aiming for for this technology is virtual reality. So right now in virtual reality, uh, users use these stick-shaped controllers and they can't use their fingers or hands, so they have no dexterity. Uh, this smart glove uh, could uh, potentially be used to allow users to use their hands in virtual reality, uh, which is much more intuitive. Uh, this could be better for games and entertainment, but it could also be better for virtual training procedures in defense or medicine, 
where it would be advantageous to actually simulate the use of one's hands. I am a second year PhD student. My name is Julian Moreto and I'm working with Dr. Wang. We are working also with the Center of Variable Sensor. So right now I was presenting, I just present a device which can harvest energy from your sweat and it can be printed on your clothes, for instance, or you can wear it as a tattoo. So you can just get power from yourself, you can store it, or you can use it right away. My name is Justin Liu. I'm a six-year graduate student at UC San Diego working in Xiao Chen Chen's lab. And our focus is on uh, using 3D printing as a means to produce functional three-dimensional tissues. Hi, I'm Leonard Langush. I'm a grad student in the nanoengineering department. My advisors are Dr. Esner and Dr. Heller, and I'm trying to, to build a device that would assist in uh, early cancer detection. And that was Nano Expo. Join us next time to hear more stories from the Jacobs School. Want to share your story, research, or event? Tweet us at UCSD Jacobs. You can also find us on Facebook. And be sure to check out our news page at jacobsschool.ucsd.edu news. Again, that's jacobsschool.ucsd.edu news. I'm Lizelle Labios. See you next time.